argument that we're having mm-hmm. and and so when people try to go off on that individual argument and your individual responsibility i'm like individual responsibility is very very important you know mm-hmm. what will lessen the need for individual responsibility systems change okay right. that that and that's the argument i'm trying to have so let's talk about systems change and then we can talk about the fact that i compost or that i don't or that i drive a car or that right. i have an electric car or mm-hmm. that i don't okay fine you know right well, everything starts at like it's it's hard to because a lot of the arguments I have about it, and it's not even like if I'm talking to these people, it's mostly discussions, not necessarily arguments. Because I feel like if I'm having an argument with somebody about climate change, it's about whether or not it exists. If I'm having a discussion, it's about what should come first. In your mind, do you think it's harder for um, people to understand and care about climate change if our healthcare system is not intact? Do you think one should come before the other? Because the health of the planet ensures our future, but I feel like to get people to care on a global level, it's like, how do you how do you get them to understand that we need to do this thing if they can't get their kids to a doctor? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, what do you? Here's the way I feel about that. Um, when it comes to crisis situations. Hmm. Um, if, if your kitchen was on fire, right. right, the people sitting in the dining room went and say, what's going on? I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm really hungry. Beautiful I mean, point. Should we eat first? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I know the kitchen's on fire, but right. God, my stomach's making noises. Right. So, <laughs> so there you have it. That's it in a nutshell. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful point. So you got to prioritize. And the priority mm-hmm. here is this. Uh, but now let me tell you about the second part of this. Okay. The great thing about I need my kid needs healthcare. The great mm. thing about my education system. The great thing about all that. It's just like marijuana. We spent years fighting marijuana. Now, somebody had the great idea. I believe it was Colorado. They were like, why are we fighting this? These people, is they just going to keep smoking weed no matter what we do. We don't have enough black people here to actually make prison a thing. So <laughs> how about we just legalize it and tax it, make right. some money off of it? So here's the thing. As you change your economy to a green economy, as you train people who are coming out of school, as you, like I said, this is a long-term thing, but sure. as it starts to happen, it snowballs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now what happens is you have a freer, fairer economy. If you have a freer, fairer economy where you actually need more labor, okay, barring the fact that you know, you know, that you don't have the institutionalized systemic racism that you know tends to harm a community m- more than anything, you know, which is uh it's the closed pools circumstance it's like yeah no black people can swim here all right it's against the law to let black people swim here let's close the damn pool 
Right. Barring that, mm -hmm. what you end up happening is a rising tide does raise all boats. Because wow. we don't have enough labor to take care of everything that we have to do with climate. Right. We, 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 I mean, there's, I mean, in the process, what happens is the economy grows. In the process, mm. you, you're talking about 10, 15, 20 million jobs yeah. that, that need to be created. And by the way, it's renewable energy. Mm -hmm. So unlike a pipeline, the jobs aren't for four weeks and then the people are done. These right. are jobs that are continuous. So, I mean, some of them are short term, but still, for the most part, they're continuous jobs. So what happens when that happens? Well, there's more money. When there's more money for everybody, well, there you go. That, that kind of helps. It doesn't solve, but it helps with the question of how do I feed my kid? It helps with the question of I live in an area with a shitty education system. It's, you know, if we change, move education away from property value, um, uh, funding education and let money follow each child, we'll have the money to fund that kind of stuff. Yeah. So uh, that you makes, know. yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's great because I, it, it is something that's like hard. <clears throat> it's hard for me because I don't understand it fully. You know what I mean? In order to combat that kind of stuff. But at least now uh, I'm glad we spoke about that because I have the tools. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, um, I'm just ruining your show, man. No, this is great, dude. No, <laughs> I love, I love all of this stuff. We have actually have yet to really have a decent, climate conversation talk on this uh, with anybody that knows what the fuck they're talking about other than like in passing where you're like we should do something about those ice caps uh, <laughs> <laughs> then everyone's like oh yeah maybe um, I gotta ask you so this is, this is along the same lines of activism stuff like that with that because I recently felt like I either had it, depending on who you ask on Twitter I either had the right or wrong take with this which I feel like is normally how Twitter goes Yeah. Um, but uh, the Burger King uh, feud with Chick-fil-A, how they went after them for the, <laughs> right? Here's the thing that drives me crazy. We're Burger dude. King, and guess what? If you buy our chicken sandwich, we'll suck a dick for you. <laughs> Ex exactly. That's how committed we are. Exactly. I was like, I, I think I was, I was talking to a friend about it, and I was like, I think the last four years have ruined my, hey, we'll take a win, because I'm like, I know where those companies were in the last four years. It's fucking silent. So, like, for them to come out on in June and be like, "Hey, forty cents of our chicken sandwich is going to go to, you know, LGBTQ," right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, so you're just basically, it's like you're like eat our poison instead of the other person's poison because the other person's poison hates the gays. Well, guess what? <laughs> I'm a hundred percent for that. I believe in CSR, which is corporate social responsibility. Yeah, and I also am an adult. You know, I own mm -hmm. my own company. I understand that when you're dealing with other companies, they really don't have morals. As right. much as as much as Mitt Romney says that uh, corporations are people, my friend, uh, they are not. Right. Because, exactly. Because people die. Yep. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So all I can tell you is uh, Ford Motor is like a hundred and what? And 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 just as rich as they ever been and getting better and better. Yep. So I would love to live like that, but that's because corporations are not people. So corporations are not moral entities. Right. Okay. Corporations must be held to account. And that right. means that the buying public must hold them to account because right. they're not people. And so if a corporation, even in a performative way, wants mm -hmm. to say, hey, 
we will take money and throw it at a righteous cause because there's mm -hmm. another corporation who is also not a person and who is also not moral, but they are indeed immoral in their approach to how they market and what they do with their corporate profits. They are immoral. That doesn't make me moral, but the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Right. Okay. I, I understand that. I was starting to understand because my immediate response to it, which I've learned, it was a knee jerk reaction that I got to shake off after the last four years, which is like, fuck you. Where the fuck were you when we needed you? You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Instead right. of thinking like you just, which again, you explained it beautifully. So I, under, I understand that. But I, I was. I think getting I'm, hit in the head today made me far more <laughs> eloquent and coherent. <laughs> What was that movie with uh, where the guy winds up getting hit by lightning and becomes a genius? Yes, I forget that movie, but I love that movie because then he goes back to being a dumbass. Yes. Oh, it's so terrible. It is. Oh, it's I, so bad. I love that movie because he just at the end he's just a stupid ass again. Yep. And I'm like, dude, kill yourself, man. Being smart is awesome. Exactly. Exactly. I was like, is that in a cutscene where he does commit suicide? Because imagine coming like you can't come down from no, that. Like with those memories and be like, wow, fuck, I'm a exactly. real piece of shit. Can you can you imagine? Like sometimes I forget where my keys are and I feel like I'm the dumbest piece of crap ever. Can you yeah. imagine forgetting how the formula for faster than light speed travel? Like yes. and then you you came up with that, and then you forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> or or you could or you could be like me and do what I did this past week and you can consider yourself a a, a pretty intelligent human being. And or you could go and meet up with an ex, like a moron, <laughs> like what I did. Did you and guys then... have sex? Because <laughs> yeah. if you guys had sex, no, uh, then yeah, you're a moron. Yeah, yeah. Because exactly. if you had sex, then it's that's why you did it. Yeah, I know, I know. I think it was because you didn't meet just... up. You didn't meet up with them for you didn't no. meet up with them for emotional support, right? You met no. up with them because you were thinking about all the great sex you guys used to have, right? Yeah, yep, yeah. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. I know. I thought it would. I know. Yeah, and, and you're real... like, mm. and then you get with them, and you're like, oh, I hate you so much. Like, I hate you so much. My penis won't even cooperate. That is exact. It was. It was kind of. I think. I the the minute I sat down, I was like, oh, this is a bad idea. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, like just a rush of like fuck you energy. Can I was like, oh, I don't know what this. I don't know what's going on here, but I don't know if I can eat. And then yeah. I, I mean, I did, but. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, this is this is new. Oh, that's so uh, funny, man. Yeah, man, it's just been crazy. So, how are you post pandemic? Are you embracing the uh, the so called everything's back mentality? No, I'm not either. I hate it. Me and too. by the way, I I was happy during the pandemic. I stayed Me home. I like you. I like my house, man. You know what I mean. I dig my house. Um. It's big enough that I can get away from my family in it. Yeah, I hear you. Know, um, oh, that's great. I, I got to admit, man, I did a joke the other day. What did I say? I said, oh, everybody keeps talking about let's get back to normal. I can't wait for us to get back to normal. I was like, I live in New York. What's that mean? I'm going to get robbed. What the fuck yeah. is back to normal? And I don't, I don't want to go back to normal. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, there was nothing I, normal about the way we lived. And I was really hoping everybody would kind of wake up and realize yeah. that a little bit. And no, and we're clamoring to go right back. You know and what? I, I, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. 
I was just feel, I was just saying I feel like there's some lessons that we could have learned. Me too. From this and, whole and, thing. It, and I think it's depressing me that I because I really did. I'm not like a huge like optimist that I think the American people are really going to fucking, you know, come to, uh, you know, what, whatever you call it, come to terms with, with what's actually happening. But I did feel like... The, what do you mean is come to Jesus? <laughs> you were trying to say it, John. You were trying to say it, but Satan stepped in and took your tongue. That's what happened. You wanted to say have a come to Jesus moment. I really did. And I was like, let's not maybe... And then I just said something fucking dumb. Uh, come to terms, and you're like, no, we're not. I love that you were like, I'm not gonna let this happen. I know. Because <laughs> I saw you. You did. I saw you, man. Like, oh, you were oh, like, oh, and we were gonna come to uh, lunch. Lunch. I was gonna meet you all. We were going to come to lunch. <laughs> I know. I'm so full of shit. That was terrible. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I really did. I thought we were going to, you know, I have to come to Jesus moment and figure shit out and, and be whatever. But we didn't. We we fucking we got none of that. And I think, by the way, because, there, because you know, during that whole thing, people who were like really people who were like uh, protesting in front of a Fuddruckers to open up. You know what I mean? Like those right. people. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, and you're like, they've been closed since 07. Relax. First of all, um, the, the, the visual is in my head right now <laughs> of the actual Fuddruckers <laughs> with their Fuddruckers font. Yes. <laughs> and the people outside <laughs> with signs. <laughs> Yeah, that's amazing. Go ahead. Anyway. So, but that's like, you know, I was like, they're, they're doing that, but they were like, oh, uh, you know, all the people, because anybody's wearing masks, they don't really want to work and they don't want, they're, they're unhappy. That's why they like staying home. And I'm thinking, how unhappy could I possibly be if my entire life doesn't revolve around escaping my friend's family home environment to to go to bars and drink and escape. Like everybody that was complaining was involved in escapist activities right. and they couldn't stand the idea of being where they were. And I, and I feel like the rest of us were like, I'm going to buy equipment. I'm going to talk to who I want to fucking talk to. I'm going to keep myself sustained somehow entertained. I can read. I've got books. Like, you know, we have more yeah. entertainment Oh, you know, man, so, there's never, this is the golden age of entertainment right now, man. It's, yeah, I got to tell you, you just so I feel I like mean, they were the unhappy ones. That's my big. I really do way. feel that way. I really, I think you, I've never thought of what the, thought of it the way you just put it, but that makes just perfect sense. Is the fact that the people who were screaming the loudest are the already the most unhappy people? You know what yeah. I mean? They they were already unhappy. I mean, uh, the truth is, I I thought people might look at this and see this reprieve as a means and a time for reflection yeah be like you know maybe we can figure some things out and it almost happened when the george floyd thing happened yeah it almost happened when that happened you saw this was such a traumatic experience for so many people we mm -hmm. watched a murder right you know and you know it's so funny i realized how polarized we are as a nation when mm. I used the term murder on social media about George Floyd, it was Twitter or, or, or Instagram. I just posted something and somebody was just like, yo, man, can't say it's a murder. I mean, it was wrong and the guy's dead, but you can't say it's a murder. Well, now we can say it's a murder because the guy was convicted of murder. Right. So, <laughs> so, so now it's technically, yes, you can say yes. it's a murder, but 
I think what happened was people were traumatized by that. I yeah. think I think witnessing the light of humanity, mm -hmm. of life in a person's eye slowly yeah. die, like you know, calling out for his mother. Right, calling out for his mom, and then to see the life leave his eyes mm -hmm. like the ember of a cigarette when it meets the filter, you yeah. know, it's like wow. that that visual. I think that that really just screwed a lot of people up and said, "Hey, we got to change some things." Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> and then as it, as things are opening up, everybody's like, "Well, you know, that was then." I mean, I mean, yeah. that's, I'm, I still care. Don't get me wrong. I still care. But, right. You know, hey, the bar is open now. So, you know. Right. And, exactly. And, 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 and I got to tell you, it's summertime. Bitches are out and titties are out. So, <laughs> I, I, you know, protest yeah. is not in the future right now. Hot so. girl summer. Yeah, it is. It is kind of disappointing because I, I felt during that time that if there was a silver lining to the pandemic and everybody being home was that you did get to see what America's conscience looked like when we're not bombarded by trivial pursuits like our like our jobs that don't pay enough. And can we afford this care and can we afford that and whatever you got to see what people really thought when they were not bombarded with bullshit. And they took to the streets. Yeah, man. I mean, it's funny because I think that you're absolutely right. Being forced to reckon with something important mm -hmm. um, tells you who you are. Yeah. It tells you who you are. It's just like money. You know, it's like I sp spent a lot of time in L.A. during the pandemic because I have a... Uh, I'm the host of Brain Games on the Road for Nat Geo and Disney Plus. So yes, that yes. Uh, look for it this fall, people. Please watch it. Um, and so I was in LA, and I have to tell you, like, money is a very dangerous thing, mm -hmm. especially when there's a lot of people in a very small area with a lot of it. Right. And I got to see that on a daily basis, you know, because I was staying in the hills and you know i was you know i was the only poor person there but they didn't know i was poor <laughs> <laughs> like everything my lifestyle was paid for you know mm -hmm. by my employer and yeah. i was living like a lavish life what would appear to be but mm -hmm. i'm not a lavish person so really i wasn't but it would appear that way and what i did mostly for 2 months was i rich people watched i went rich people yeah. watching on a daily basis I went rich people watching. Right. And um, there's a great deal of unpleasantness. Mm. You would think, everybody thinks that they're going to get a bunch of money and that they're going to be so happy and all their problems are going to be over. And, the, you know, like I used to have this feeling that if I had a bunch of money that I'd be walking down the street, you know, just like, well, how are you, fine citizen? And good day to you, <laughs> right? You know, <clears throat> oh, hey, right, right. Hey, fellow black man, here's a twenty. <laughs> Stay out of trouble, right? Right? You know, that's what I thought. Right. I thought I was going to be like that. Now I don't have a lot of money, but I've made some money in my life. And what I realized is, every time I made more money, and I make more money than I ever have. It's not right. an awful lot, but I make more than I ever have. Mm -hmm. And. Um, every time I made more money, I was no less satisfied. I mean, I was no more satisfied. 
Right. Until it dawned on me that, oh, I can keep doing this mm-hmm. until I have like a millions. Yeah. And I'll have this exact same feeling that I have right now mm-hmm. because money is a tool. Yes. And tools only bring you joy when you know how to build something. Wow. Profound. I, lo- I love that. That's I great. Know, I'm going to write that shit down, man. Yeah, you that do need good. to write that down. That was fucking great, that man. Was fucking great. Man. I am moved. Let me just, <laughs> hey, wait, wait a second. Cause, yeah, get it. Yeah. Get that down. People don't know this shit is coming off the top of my head, man. I'm I'll clip that and send it to you from this whole thing, and we'll go. <laughs> you can yeah. post the video. <laughs> exactly. Man. I'm gonna. Yeah. yeah. Money is a tool, and tools don't bring joy unless you know how to build something. Okay. So yeah. Now the only reason I say that is because I've always wanted to be a builder. Mm. My father was handy. You know, I've always wanted to be a builder, and I'm right. pretty good with my hands, but I never got any training and I don't know really how to build anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I love going into Home Depot and Lowe's and just walking around and looking at all the tools. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm like, oh man, look at that. Oh shit. Table saw. I could make some shit with that. Man. But I don't know how to make anything with a table saw. I agree, man. I got a garage full of tools. You can come here and take them and look at them all you want. Or uh, I'm like, great. there it is. So, so the cool thing is that, you know, money is the same way. Mm-hmm. When you're looking at it, you're just a guy in Home Depot wishing you could build something. Ooh. But when you get it and you can't build shit, those tools actually make you depressed because yeah. the only thing they remind you of is that you can't build shit. Wow, fuck. That's that's I bet I well one I need to learn how to build because I definitely don't have any money. <laughs> but yeah, it it is kind of I I was living in LA for a couple of years and um I remember the first time I walked through what's the really expensive mall? Is it Beverly Hills? Uh, like it's true. There's Century City, there's Bev- which is in Beverly Hills, then there's um there well first of all every Every mall is a mall, and where they don't have malls, they have Rodeo Drive, and right, they, right. <laughs> they have Melrose. They have yeah. like wherever there's not a mall, there's just another shopping district with more right. expensive stores that you wouldn't put in a mall. Yeah, so. I think I was like down in. I must have been Century City because I was definitely enclosed or whatever. But I'm walking around, and I've never felt more like like that. People like they were less worried about me. Uh, like I was never going to be robbed. Like I think that they were more worried about me being robbed in that area without having the amount of money I should. Like they were just like, here's three hundred dollars. We have a reputation to uphold, so just keep it on you. And then right. here's a Mastercard. Just because right. if right. we do, if you do get robbed, you know, yeah, we like, got we have a reputation to uphold. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I had like my leather jacket on and fucking blue jeans, and I was listening to Springsteen when I pulled up. I was like, oh, it's so Jersey. It's just <laughs> <laughs> no reason for me to be here, but That's here I am. Hilarious. That's yeah. great. Um, yeah, man. It's a weird area. It is a weird area because there's just so much money, and, and you can tell that people are – what I liked about it was because I was there, I – you know, I don't live there. So I'm riding around in my rental car and, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm going into my little building, which was a, you know, a pretty swanky building. Yeah. And I speak to all the people who work there. Like, you know. Oh, yeah. uh, Marquise. 
What's yeah. up, buddy? <laughs> What's up, Marquise? Yeah. You know, like that's who I am. I'm yep. coming in there because I'm a happy dude, man. Yeah. Like I'm you a are. happy guy. And mm -hmm. so I'm saying hello to the valets. I'm saying hello to the door people. I know them all by name. Nice. And so one day, and now in the parking lot, just to give you an idea of this building. In the mm -hmm. parking lot, when you drive in, in the front, there's two Bentleys, there's two Ferrari. Um, oh my God. Uh, not the the latest ones. The I forget. They have like the the crazy LED lights on them. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Then there's a guy who has a uh, Lambo that's metallic wrapped. Oh so my God. The whole Lambo is wrapped in a rainbow metallic. Holy shit. So the paint job on the car probably cost almost as much as my house, right? <laughs> right. So, um, and then there's the Mercedes Jeep, which is $150,000. Then oh there's like... And then there's BMW, then there's the regular cars, BMW, <laughs> Range Rover, Mercedes, <laughs> BMW, Range Rover, Mercedes, mm -hmm. right? So one day I pull in and there's this couple, you know, they get out of their nice car and they're walking mm -hmm. and I pull up in my little rental car, which they rented me a BMW, I'm not going to lie. So I'm not even going front, right? right? <laughs> but it wasn't mine, so Good I don't deal. care. Right. I drive a Toyota, by the way, and guess what? I'm a... My wife and I were thinking about buying a car, and we decided to buy the extended warranty on the Toyota instead. <laughs> That's how I think. Okay? That's great. So anyway, this really snooty couple, which you know they had on all the right clothes, and her hair, you could tell, was perfect. And mm -hmm. he had on like those clothes that look like you're homeless, but you know they cost like thousands of dollars, right? <laughs> and they're like walking. And I pull up and I'm like, yo, Marquise, what's up? What's yo, what's up, June? Those are the two dudes, the ballets, right? And right. I go like this. Let me ask you a question, man. How many, how many drug dealers live in this building? <laughs> oh my God. And then Marquise, without miss, missing a beat, he goes, Oh, a lot. A lot. <laughs> And the and the little snooty Love couple, it. they were just like, oh, like you know. <laughs> oh my god, I would have fucking paid to see that shit. I love disrupting the rich. Absolutely, man. <laughs> you know, it's funny when you see what they spent. Like whenever I see that a celebrity spends money on something that's just utterly fucking, I'm like, are you just bored? Like you don't know? Like what are the ones that eat clay that cost a shit ton of money? Because yeah. they're like, it's good for your digestion. But I'm like, it's also like 40 grand. I'm like, Play-Doh. Right. It it's also dirt. Okay? Right, right. Because right. let me tell you something. I got some potting soil, right? <laughs> right. That I can have like a Tibetan monk, like, you know, pee in for you. And you can eat that. <laughs> and I'll charge, I want, and I'll only charge you 15 grand. Don't say that too loud, man. Shalane Woodley will be at your door. Like, too sweet. <laughs> like, did you say a Tibetan monk? <laughs> right. Uh, it's very spiritual. <laughs> exactly. Oh, dude. Another thing, man. I can't. I don't mind anybody's like, you know, like whatever your whatever your faith is, whatever your thing is, whatever gets you through the day. I totally understand. I just don't want to hear. Like, I have friends who have bought into crystals, and I'm just like, because I'll be like, if I say anything where I'm like, man, I'm having trouble sleeping, they're like, take this, slide it under your pillow, and I'm just like, get that fucking shit. I'm not sleeping with a jagged rock. 
anywhere near any of it. I've already can't fucking see. <laughs> I don't, you know. Yeah, that's amazing. By the way, I think. Um, so of course, I'm a person who, who you know, I like science. I don't. Yes. I don't mind people. Listen, we are kind of hardwired to believe in something. Sure. I mean, if you ask, uh, like a two-year-old kid, like in China, where there is mm -hmm. no religion, mm -hmm. right? They'll start talking about God. <laughs> wow. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And so we're kind of, and then the, then somebody will tell them, well, no, that doesn't exist. We don't have that, right? Right. So, you know, there's indoctrination, but there's also, we need as human beings, I think, what gives us the drive right. is belief. Yeah. Belief gives us drive. And so a lot of what we do <clears throat> is not really just surviving. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Uh, it, it's it's this need to believe in something bigger and better, and that pushes us forward. Okay, even you if know? it is the universe, even if it is science, like oh, I, I don't like care I, what okay, it is. science, the universe, yeah. God, uh, Buddha, I don't care. You know, um, as long as it's positive, I mean, I, I say believe in what you want to believe in. Yeah, as long as you're not using that as a cuzzle or no, as a exactly. as a means to take somebody else's right. rights away. Right. Exactly. Yeah. As long as you're not using it to like I, I when people make decisions based on fat, you know, uh, myths and shit like that, that's what kind of fucks me up. Like, I love yeah. it. Like, like I, I'm I'm you know, I love the game of like somebody who reads a fortune cookie or their horoscope or whatever. That's fine. But then when they start basing their life on no, yeah, what some idiot read in a thing that fucks me up. Also, the eight. What do you think of the so the because you're you're you talk you're still doing the Neil deGrasse you're still doing Star Talk right Yeah oh yeah I'm doing it tomorrow as a matter of fact Are you doing it tomorrow Okay and cool. Wednesday Shit, I've we seen got... him now I've seen Neil deGrasse Tyson go out and talk about um because people are asking about the alien thing mm -hmm. and or just the UFOs in general Do you have mm -hmm. a particular take on that Like are, do you want who's want because I want to believe like I I also understand you have to see something to you know, have it be tangible, but Not I really. want to think, oh, okay. See, I, mm -mm. Like, I don't, I don't believe that. Let me, so, so let me just say this. This is now Neil's view is this, and I don't want to speak for him, but we've had this okay. conversation. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm not speaking for him. What I'm merely doing is synopsizing a conversation that we had, which okay. is you call it unidentified flying object because it is unidentified. Right. Which means that from a scientific standpoint, you cannot then leap to the conclusion that it's an alien. You just said what it was. Unidentified. <laughs> That's a great. I don't even know if you meant to do an impression, but I felt like that was like dead on, yeah. like exactly how he would appear. That was great. So I agree with him 100%. Right. Now, here's what I also believe. If you are an alien mm -hmm. with the technology to come here even from our closest, uh, the closest Alpha Centauri, right? right. Which is closest ga galaxy, right? And I think the closest place that you might be able to get from, uh, within our own galaxy, let's just say, I think the closest place to us in our own galaxy, because we live in the Milky Way galaxy, which is spiral galaxy, which has little teeny tendrils that come off the uh, center of the galaxy. And we live on one of the tips of those tendrils in like a little suburb of the galaxy, okay? Mm -hmm. So yeah. even in our own galaxy, I think the closest place that we can get to is like Proxima, okay? Proxima, and Proxima is like 35,000 years or some right. shit. I don't know, right. like it's crazy, right? Right. Let's just say you had the technology to traverse galaxies. 
-hmm. I mean, you would have to be so incredibly advanced mm -hmm. that you would certainly have the technology to stealth yourself so that we wouldn't be able to know that you were here and exactly. you could observe us. And right. maybe every once in a while you might get drunk off your alien shit. You know what I mean? Like you smoking your alien weed, and if you forget to hit the, you forget to hit the stealth button. You're like, oh, oh shit! Okay, watch this. Ah, ah, I can't believe you, Mel Back. Mel Back is a wine man. My name is Mel Zach. I'm sorry, Mel Zach. I'm high off this alien weed. Yeah. Next time, make sure you hit the stealth button before these talking monkeys get to see us. Now, let me just say. <laughs> right. Let me just say that I'm I believe that that could happen. Mm -hmm. I also believe this. If you had that kind of technology, mm -hmm. aside from being uh somebody who wait, what's an entomologist? Entomologist is a word word. What's the insect people? Um, um what's okay. the insect people? Yeah, the uh, entomologist, I believe, is a person who studies words. Yes. Not, yeah. But I can't remember what right the, I can't remember what the insect people are. Who are the insect people? Uh, um, let's see. Let's see what we got here. Studies insects. Who is uh, it? No, you're right. Entomology. It's entomology for insects. Okay. Yes. Okay, I was wrong insects. about the word. So the people wow. so I will cut it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wait. Wait, uh, let me let me wait. Who is a person who studies words? Uh, no, I said that wrong. Look at that. So, because artificial intelligence, you got to say it the right way. Oh, what is a person called who studies words? Uh, okay, shit, I had it Lexico all wrong. Lexicographers? It, oh no, etymologists. Oh, get the oh well. They're so oh wow. So okay. entomologist is the insects. Etymologist is the words. That's why I confuse wow. them. So right. anyway, aside from an entomologist, if you're a person who has an ant farm, that is interesting for forty seconds. <laughs> look at so these. There's... Look at these ants under glass. They right. made tunnels. And sometimes they come up to the top and right. they go down. Look at that. There's the queen. And then you're <laughs> done. It's yeah. over. So if there are aliens who can get here and they can traverse galaxies, we're a freaking ant farm. And we're interesting for 30 seconds at the most. As right. a matter of fact, there's no way they would even stop here. Right. They'd be like, oh, look at that. Some developing life. And they would look at us like we were some kind of, like, like we look at an amoeba. Yeah, like Uma, Numa, Uma, Uma, Mal, Mal, whatever the fuck that thing is, the long oh, yeah, one that Uma, passed yes. us by. Yeah, Correct. Uma, yeah, Uma, Mal, whatever. Yeah, when that fucking passed us by or whatever. I, I, that, I mean, but the thing is, we've been sending shit out to their planets for, no, well, our, you know, in our solar system or whatever for years. It could be the same shit. Couldn't even be them. It could just be scouts. Uh, no, yes, but the problem would be now that's true. And now that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah, because if it's scouts, you know, that means they're coming. So that's right. shit out of it. <laughs> yeah. <it's> <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather it be them because that means they're going to leave us alone. I love the, <laughs> I love the idea of, uh, of that, you know, that they built the pyramids and all the other shit because I feel like they didn't, but I do think they would have come down as like interior decorators. It's kind of like, just put it to the left, maybe a smidge right. to the, you know, <laughs> like if they're that yes. far superior, they're not going to, they're not going to do the footwork, but they'll be right. like, 
lift with your yeah. back, not with your. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so my feeling is that is it possible? Yes, I mean, there are mm. so many things that are possible, but yeah. is it li- is it likely? Highly unlikely, so right. highly unlikely that it's improbable. Mm-hmm. So that's the way I look at it. So what do you think of this? And I swear I wasn't high when I when I did this, right? Because so, I love I love talking nerdy space stuff with people too. But um, so you know how like they say that if you're sixty, if an alien species is sixty five million layers away from us, they're going to see the dinosaurs, right? Because of the, the the light traveling thing, right? Right. Like we we see. Okay. So because that's of, true. Yeah. So and this is I know it's impossible, but I just think it'd be cool. Time travel, right? If you, if we were able to send out super strong telescopes to different points of light in the universe, have them focused on Earth, and then send that information back to us, would we be able to VR ourselves into those images as a, as like almost like a, t- like if, if we sent uh, out a, a Hubble like telescope? Yeah, man, you, you were high when you thought of this shit. <laughs> I know, you were, right? You were. I, I, I mean, you was zooted. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you was zooted when you thought of this boy. I'm, I swear to God, it could work. I feel like it could work. I don't know, but I'm like. The thing is that theoretically, what we could do is look at ourselves um, mm-hmm. in the past, right now. Yes. And the way we would do that is. Somehow we're relaying the messages from mm-hmm. that point of light back then that is looking at us. Right. So that when we look back at it, we are seeing, I know what you're saying. And I don't know, man. I, that's something that you got to talk to Neil about because I'm a stand up <laughs> comic. I am not an astrophysicist. So I don't even want to mess with that. Because um, really, you know, what I do know is this from mm-hmm. what I'm able to understand and what I've read is this. The reason mm-hmm. why we're looking in the past when you look up into the stars is mm. because light travels at a um, speed limit. Right. Okay. And that, that speed limit, uh, nothing travels faster than that. And that's, 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 that is the speed of a photon. Mm-hmm. And when that photon hits your eye, that is how you're able to see and decipher images or hits our telescope or the sensors or whatever. Right. <clears throat> Now, depending on where that light is in its life, Mm -hmm. the further back we are able to see. So cosmic background radiation is a form of light, and it allows us to see all the stuff that happened at the beginning for the or right after the beginning. You know, then there's something called redshifting. And each time, you know, the light redshifts, you know, you're able to see a different wavelength of the light. So that's why Mm -hmm. we have um gamma ray telescopes that look at right. that and we have infrared telescopes that look at that so you know the deal is that we're able to see the um we're able to see the development of the universe mm-hmm. in all these stages because we're able to see all the different light that okay. that allows us so visible light is just the tiniest little part of light that we're able to see and so you know we do time travel when we look uh out into the universe that's what it seemed i mean that's that that's what made it even spark in the first place because i was like yeah. it's got to be a form i mean it could be a form of it and then plus with all the vr tech that's getting more advanced over and over time i was just like why couldn't you somehow combine the two and literally put yourself 
in a point in time. Yeah, but it wouldn't be you. Life. I mean, even if you could do it, it's still not you. I mean, that's that now oh, that, brings, yeah. that brings up the the point of like, what if we're all living in a simulation? And it's like, oh, forgot. Yeah, I know. That's you know, like, now that the reason why the reason why people ask that is because, quite frankly, mathematically, it, um, possible that works out. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, no, that's that's a definite possibility too. Uh, so, but you yeah, know, the fact is, who cares if we are living in a simulation? This is what I said to Neil when we had this conversation. I was like, the truth is, I don't care if we're living in a simulation because at the end of the month, I owe Visa the same amount of money <laughs> in this simulation or out of the simulation. Okay, I got to pay my mortgage right. at the end of the month, no matter what simulation. I can't, I can't call up Wells Fargo and be like. Hey man, I'm a, I'm gonna send you some simulated. <laughs> I'm gonna send you some simulated money. Uh, Why I don't you found, open your mind? Right. I just found out we're living in a simulation. So, <laughs> all you gotta do is go to my account and imagine you are seeing some money. <laughs> you know, have you ever caught at it? Like, I've had like full arguments with like uh, everybody has the customer service representatives, or whatever. I swear to God, hacking the code for me is talking to them about whether or not they imagine themselves doing what they're doing as a as a kid. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, you I, are cruel. I, oh, I really am. Oh, you are. Oh, you are rough. Damn! <laughs> I did it a couple of years ago when um when fucking an airline. Uh, you know, it was spirit, of course, of but course. they, you know, you know, when they don't get enough people on the plane and they just go, yeah, we're not going to fly today. And then they make up some shit or whatever. That's amazing. Oh yeah. But I called and I, and I like actually whittled some uh, and like, uh, um, tickets out of this person. Cause I was like, I said, let me, I don't remember, uh, who, her name or whatever, but I was just like, let me ask you this, Susan, is this what you imagined yourself doing? Oh my God. <laughs> that is awful. That's so was, good though. It was awful, but she was like, no, I guess. No, I know. <laughs> right. so she broke down and started crying. Then you heard a single gunshot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I can't oh, believe that spirit does that. So they just decide not to fly sometimes, and then oh, dude, like, yeah, they've done it a few. They've done it more than a few times. They did, the reason why I even called is they did it to my family at one point. It was my uncle, his uh, little girl, and his wife, or whatever. And literally, like the like they were taking a late flight out to see us, and then uh, spirit said no, and then people found out that they said no because. There's not enough people. people. So they're like, so they're doing no bringer flights the same way we as comedians do bringer shows. They're doing bringer flights. They're like, oh yo, man, God. I'm sorry. Y'all need y'all need eight more people. <laughs> That's so inside. I fucking love that shit. And it's hilarious. Oh my God. The pilot didn't bring enough people. The pilot didn't bring enough people, y'all. We, we... <laughs> <laughs> holy shit i can't fly today mom i'm sorry <laughs> uh, oh man that's too funny man <laughs> shit. Fuck. oh that's great um so i, I don't want to keep you too much longer but let me ask you are you what, what are your dates are you going back out on the road yet or are you still because i know you just went to film uh, can we talk about it yet or what uh you did it you had a pilot Oh yeah, I, I'm not supposed to talk about it, but will, yeah, okay. I, I got another TV show. If it happens, it'll be you know we'll be lensing th this summer. Okay, cool. uh, I already forgot about. It. Notice when you said, <laughs> I was just I like, what? I was Are like, oh shit, did it not? Yeah, but I don't care because no, I mean, but the reason why I don't talk about it for two reasons: one, they told me not to, but two. Mm -hmm. The fact is, when you shoot a pilot, the chances are that that show is not going to be on the air. Right, right, right. Of course. Yeah. You know, um, let's be yeah. honest. I mean, I've shot 
five. I've shot six television shows that no, nobody's ever seen. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. So on no. top of that, shit. right behind me, oh, down, I think you can see it down there. No, you can't. Yeah. It, there's uh, a, there's a, it looks like a book, but it says Home Strange Home. Oh, okay. Okay. And that's not a book. That right. was a television show that I had on, what did I have on? I don't know. I think it was HGTV. Home Strange Home is a great name for a show. Yeah. And they did 26 episodes and they aired five, but I got paid <sighs> for 26. Oh, nice. That can't be that. But they aired five and then they got new management for the network and they were like, yeah, we're going to shelve this. I love the the transition time between pitching something, you're about to sell it, and then a bunch of shit happens in between where you're you're no longer excited about it. You just want the money for it. You're like, I don't care if I'm in it. I don't care if I'm writing for it. Just pay me for it. Well, <laughs> and, and guess what? I mean, and so, but guess what? Twenty six episodes. Then I had another show. It was a game show, and that didn't work. It's like we shot right. shot ten episodes, and we got I got paid for the ten episodes, but. That didn't work, and I mean, there's too many people involved in yeah television decisions mm -hmm. that pretty much make it so that you have no idea. So my show, Brain Games on the Road. So first of all, the guy who runs uh, the network is like super cool dude that I love, man. Nice. And like we just we just get on Zoom sometimes and we talk. I don't want to give his name because I don't want to mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know if I should be saying this or not. <laughs> <laughs> just like, yeah, you know, we we know we top it up, we kick it. I'm good with him like that. Like I don't know. But but anyway, like the guy is really really cool. And so mm -hmm. like um he said something to me about before we started about what I was doing for plans and I was like, yeah, I really haven't I haven't thought about that. He said, well, you know, like you only have a couple of weeks. And I was like, yeah, well, I haven't really, you know, I haven't signed the contract. I haven't got my executed version of the contract back. So, and mm -hmm. he was like this, he went, wow, you really have been through a lot in this business. <laughs> <laughs> he looked at me like, you poor baby, you poor, poor baby. Wow. Like, he's like, dude, you're talking to me. I'm the guy. Yeah, I'm on the I'm on a Zoom call with you. The job you have the job, it's <laughs> yours. And I was still like, yeah, you know, right. And <laughs> like, so you no, see, until I and that like that's what this business has done to me. Yeah, like that's what it's done to me. I was like, I don't get excited for anything, even though I'm going to tell the truth inside. Like this this network show that I'm like for the pilot, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest. I don't think about it, but when I do think about it, I'm like, oh my God, it's a studio show here in New York City. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? I don't have to travel. I can get out of my bed. I can jump. They'll send a car for me. I'll go to the studio. I'll shoot for nine hours and then nice. I'll get back and I'll be home. Or afterwards, I'll meet some friends for drinks, provided that I've not, you know, taken the same medication I'm on right now because I should never drink on this bipolar shit. But, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I hear you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I yeah. mean, you know, I get excited. I'm going to be honest. But yeah. Then I immediately like catch myself and I'm like, all right, come back to life. Come back to earth. Let's don't, don't think about that. You know? Yeah. So. I know. And it is kind of weird. Like I try to keep a, a, a balance of getting excited about stuff like that. And then also keeping it a real like headed approach. And I think stand up, by the way, helps with that. Because when I was, did you, did you start out doing this when you were younger doing stand up? I would always picture 
whatever. I, I would get excited for every gig that was outside of the city, the clubs that I knew. Yeah. But I would picture it like a moron and assume it was better. And then yeah. I'd get there and I was like on a bale of hay next to a right. cow. What? And then hey, like, exactly. And it's just like, and you thought it was, hay. that cow <laughs> made that. That cow made that stage. You thought it was hay. <laughs> right. <laughs> great it's so true and i'm just yeah. like so i but i get like that too and it's it's um it's a bummer i mean i got right before the pandemic hit i i shot a short film put it on amazon prime um and uh it's called dup it it's about uh my characters dealing with depression in a way that it manifests itself into a puppet and it looks like me and cool and everything and uh unfortunately uh, and it's got, uh, you know, it, it got some traction or whatever. And Jim Henson's company saw it, loved it. Cause it featured a puppet. I'm a big fan of the Henson company. I'm so yeah. Right. I love, I mean the Muppets who can beat the Muppets. I mean, the I fact Frank Oz, Jim Henson. That was a good Dave Gold. genius is what it yeah, is. Exactly. So they, I went out there or whatever, and then talked to them about turning it into a series. I was super pumped for it. Cut to pandemic hitting everything going on pause. And now they have not said no. But they won't say yes, and it's just every few. Let's push it back to such yeah. and such, and we'll see. And I'm just like, I almost want the no, <laughs> because I'm like, at least I'll fucking have an idea of what's going on. And I, but I really, you know, it's 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 fucking weird, man. But yeah, man. Then, I mean, I'm I know how you feel. I mean, that's that's really. This is what people I, think about show business. They think that that they look at everybody who's had any modicum of success mm. and they think that, wow, that's great. This person's doing great. <clears throat> yeah. One, that's not necessarily true. Two, mm -hmm. for every slightly successful person that you see in show business, yeah, there are about 25,000 people right. who are doing something else now. Yep. That's, that's just how it is, man. Yeah. You know, and um, so you know, it's a it's a tough thing. You know, yeah. it's a tough thing, and and kind of measuring your emotions so that you know you don't get caught up. And the other thing too is you don't want to get caught up in success. If you start having success, right? You don't want you don't want to get caught up in that either. Because yeah. guess what? That's not going to be there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm trying to balance stuff out where I just have if anything happens, it happens. But I've also got my life and my social life. And like, I never like, did you when you started doing stand up, were you just ingratiated in the city, like immediately right away? Like, did you move? Did you No. So here's what happened. I had to move here because, well, first of all, I was working for the Nielsen Media Research Company. Oh, OK. And so I kind of made it so that they would pay for my move here. Brilliant. And then I signed a contract that said that on the 366th day of my service mm -hmm. that I was free, that I didn't have to pay them back all the expenses that they spent to get me to New York City. And on day 366, I quit. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. Holy and, shit. And on day 367, I got a call from their legal department. And they were like, we're so sorry, Chuck, but you owe us this much money. Holy shit. And I went, may I call you back in 10 minutes, please? Mm -hmm. And they said, yeah. I, I'll never forget this guy. He was so fucking angry and so <laughs> he was so intimidating. Like he was just such a mean, nasty person. 
Right. So I was like, may I please call you back in 10 minutes? So I went and got the contract and mm-hmm. I called him back and I was like, um, I don't think I owe you the money, sir. And he was just like, you owe us the money, kid. And let me tell you something. I'm coming after you and I'm coming after you hard and you're going to pay the court costs and you're going to. And I went, well, sir, pursuant to Section 8, Clause A1, um, I am required to give 365 days of service. And after that, I am no longer responsible for any expenses that the company incurred moving me to New York City or setting me up with my living arrangements. (laughs) And then I said, um, my start date was on, and I gave him the start date. Mm -hmm. And I put in writing, notarized my termination date. And I have the notarized letter on that date right here. Mm -hmm. So as far as I'm concerned, according to our contract, I don't owe you a fucking thing. (laughs) Now kiss my black ass. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Oh, that's the best fucking story. Yep. I love it. And guess what? He told he started saying F you and F you this and F you and I'm gonna sue you and you watch. And then mm-hmm. I never heard from him again. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. Yeah, thing. but anyway, um, so I was very lucky in that I came here, and then very shortly after coming here, I got a radio show. So it was tough mm-hmm. when I was the first year was tough because I was looking for a place to live, even though they were gonna set me up. And I my wife got pregnant at the time. And so she couldn't work. She had to be on bed rest. So I had to take on a second full-time job. Holy shit. So I was working for a medical sales company and I was doing my full sales uh, requirements for them. And then mm-hmm. Nielsen and I was doing all my work for them. Good Lord. And, and I would get up at 530 and I would go out and do my calls and I would come home at seven o'clock at night and I would lay down on the couch and I would like start to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And my wife would say, what are you doing? And I'd be like, yo, I just want to rest my eyes. She would be like, nope, get up. We got to go to the city. You got to do some comedy. We came here for you to do comedy, wow. not to work two jobs and sleep on a couch. We could have done that in Philly. And um, yeah. sure enough, man, Great I, wife. I started doing some comedy and people started seeing me on stage. And it took like it took about a year. But I like I was working. Yeah. I, was, I was like passed at the clubs and I was working. Like who making are, money off of comedy in like a year, you know. Who are the guys you came up with? Well, so I came up in Philly, not here. Okay. So I was already like a comedian. It wasn't like I was starting out in New right. York City. You know what I mean? That would have been, I wish I had that story. Like I came to New York, I had never done comedy and I had that story right there, but I was right. already doing. So like right before me, Keith Robinson, Ralph Harris, Ramont Harris was like in my, um, in my, group of people like you know yeah so like everybody 20 years whoever started 20 years ago that was the people (laughs) those were all the people now most of them are far more successful than me or than i and Mm. um i don't mind because you know i raised a family i did not go on the road i had you know yeah i I took a different course man i took a different course you know well that's i was like i love that about you i'm gonna be home be a father that's what i that, that was more important to me 
But I love I love that that was your decision because I've read a, you know I, I know some a little bit about about your start or whatever and I like that you took a a different route but still did the comedy thing because I feel like a lot of it is very much like if you're not in New York twenty four seven bouncing around the same clubs you're not in it and like I I had every opportunity in the world to move to New York when I started I started doing stand up when I was twenty and then um, I would drive in and out of the city but I had a I had my own apartment in Jersey and I had a social life that I had built up and I thought. I don't want to struggle the way I'm struggling in the way I see my friends doing it in New York in that way and not have a group and, and only hang out. You know, I love comedians, but I didn't want to only hang out with just, I didn't want to live with comics and then do whatever I wanted to have dating. And I wanted to have that social life and I wanted to have that. So I did the probably I, a much happier person. And we both I, know a lot of comedians and many of them, need two things one medication and and two they need to realize why they're not happy you yes know? so yeah. uh I agree, man. so you did the right thing man everybody's got their own path to walk yeah you know, i i i had a conversation with my brother yesterday where we were talking and i said to him you know my goal in life right now is to get to a place where you know i am not living a life of comparison Mm -hmm. where I'm trying to validate Ooh. my existence because I'm doing better than this one and almost as good as that one. And maybe one day I'll be that one. Yeah. I don't want to live that life. I want to live the life where I look at the path that I am on and say, I am happy to be right here. Mm -hmm. That's the path I want to walk. And that's the life I want to lead and that comes from a state of mind first, right? You know, so you made Beautiful. the right you made the right decision, man. You know, you you did what you needed to do for you. Yep. I tell everybody that you know I did a show with CeeLo, who I love. This guy, mm -hmm. this dude, man, he's just got like all kinds of positive energy just flowing off of him. You know, right? And we were doing the show, and uh, he was talking about truth. You know, and he was like, "Man, you got to live your truth, man." You know, uh, and nothing makes me sadder than to see somebody who is not living their truth because that's not mm -hmm. living at all. <laughs> and I went and I turned from him. I was like, well, CeeLo, in that case, and I looked into the camera and I went, Mom, Dad, I am gay. <laughs> now, of course, I was joking, right? Right. But not that it makes a difference. I mean, you know, but it was a joke. Right. It was just a, you know. Good timing, moment. yeah. Timing, right? Yes. And he went just like this. Chuck, man, if that is your truth, baby, I am very happy you just did that. <laughs> <laughs> what, what a lovely man. What a so great, supportive. How great is that, right? Yeah, fact, I like you know, it. Yeah. Didn't even bat an eye. He didn't like, bat an eye. I'm here for you. It's like, right on, man. You couldn't come out to your parents. You had to do it on national TV. But I'm here with you. Exactly. You got CeeLo. CeeLo is right here for you, <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, all right, I'm going to ask you one more question. I ask every guest before you go. If you could give a piece of advice to your younger self, you see your younger self, right? You got one piece of advice, something that you know now that you didn't know then. What would you tell yourself? One day, somebody going to ask you what advice you would give yourself. <laughs> tell them that's a dumbass question and the fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna teach you how to act like your internet froze. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Um, you know, um, 
I've never thought about it. So you got to give me one second. Yeah, yeah, no, do it. I, I mean, so many things. Right. Uh, let me just say, with respect to this question, number one, I'm not one of these people who says, you know, I live my life with no no regrets. Right. First of all, I think those people are idiots. Right. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have lots of regrets. Mm -hmm. Lots. And one of them is, you know, that I had a cocaine addiction for a while that did a lot of damage to my life secretly. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason why it lasted for as long as it did is because I refused to go public. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you right. You, you, and, and, and the fact is that the, the more you keep something underground, the more it festers, the more it monasticizes, monasticizes, well, you know what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Give me a minute more, to look that up. And I'll right. Know what you're the more, the more malignant, the more malignant. Of course. Is. And um, I would thank you, monasticize. 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 Metastasize. Metastasize. the word. Metastasize. Thank you. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> if you say that three times, CeeLo Green actually appears on screen with us. Right. Uh, exactly. <laughs> and then he tells you you have cancer. <laughs> so um, anyway. <laughs> so so um, I would tell my younger self that mm. seek help. Mm. Period. Now, I'm not talking about drugs. I'm saying this to everybody. Right. You don't. You, you don't you don't people say you you come here alone you leave here alone that's a lie mm -hmm. you didn't come here alone there was at least one other person with you if your mother gave birth to you in the woods it was <laughs> there was at least one other person there at your birth mm -hmm. so you don't come here alone mm -hmm. all right and you don't have to leave here alone mm -hmm. and in between you can have connections and you cannot connect with people if you are not willing to receive help from those people that's the and truth. You cannot, and you cannot help anybody unless you're willing to connect with them. And so that's what I would tell my youngest self. Receive, ask for help, receive help, and then use that as a means of connecting to people and allowing you, and allowing that to help you connect to more. And that's what I would, that's what I would tell my youngest self. I love that, man. That's one of my favorite answers so far. Thank you. Yeah, no worries, man. Yeah, I, yeah. I just made it up. Shit. <laughs> 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 oh, dude, thank you. Seriously, thank you so much for coming on, man. I think I kept you definitely way over what I said, it, but it was just a blast to talk to you, dude. Yeah, man, it was fun talking to you, too. So, you know, uh, yeah, I'm very happy yeah. that uh, thank you for the gracious invitation. I appreciate it. Of course, man. And come back, you know, whenever you want. I'm, uh, we're going to keep doing this as long as people want to watch. <laughs> right on, man. Hey, no, it's great, man. You're great at it. So I appreciate thank the fact you. that you're, you know, so cool, man. yeah, I'll definitely All be right. back. Yeah, we'll plug your stuff, and I'll get you the uh, all the all the links and stuff, and it'll be up in about a week. All right, cool, man. All right, cool, man. Thank you so much. Nice talking to you, Chuck. Take care. Take care. Peace. So, that was so good, John. That was such an incredible episode. I wish I was on with you guys a little bit more. I was having a bunch of camera issues, but I want to plug everything <laughs> before we go anywhere. And I hope Chuck hangs mm -hmm. out a little bit to be in the green room. Yeah, yeah, please. We'll be back in two seconds. But yep. don't forget, shh, it's real. Climate change is coming out. I don't know if you caught that in the background, but I want to make sure everybody goes to check it out. I was like, what is on his TV back there? <laughs> what, what did he not want to stop watching on netflix but it's, it's real climate change check him out on it and you catch the not so nice advice with chuck nice they have the answers whether or not it works he's not endorsing but he'll give you the advice for sure 
And then, yeah, we also want to take a look at Star Talk. He has so much going on, man. He, dude, so busy, but also so smart, so entertaining. Uh, I love Chuck. I've been watching him forever, so that that's not a creeper than I intended it to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> really, as the words were forming and coming out of my brain, it was like, no, but whatever. It's there. It's out there. Um, and we got a, a, a great guest coming on. We got Joanne Filan coming on tomorrow. We've got John Fugel saying the next day and then ending the week with Kelly Carlin. So I'm super fucking pumped. I can't um, wait to talk to all of them. I think it's going to be great. I, I really man. hope Chuck comes back because I, I was so enamored with all the stories. I hated that I had some technical difficulty. But make sure you check us out. If you don't, if you haven't caught the full episode, you can check us out on YouTube on John Poveromo. Look for Dystopia Tonight. You can hear us on Apple or Spotify and all the other podcast platforms. And you can take a look. <laughs> Go ahead, John. You're, you're into it. Make sure you find us on Instagram because John needs another couple follows for his blue check mark. <laughs> <laughs> i know i got that blue mark man it's just it's just a, a bird a, cur a a blessing and a curse i guess yeah man all right have a good night guys thanks john peace out dystopia tonight